Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 20. After Quilil and Kiara landed back in New York, they picked up their car from the airport and drove home. Neither of them wanted to leave Jamaica, but they had to. Kiara knew Quilil was upset about the shooting that had happened to Supreme, and it getting shut down by authorities. She tried to be there for her man as best she could. Now that they were back, Kiara had shit she had to deal with, but wasn't ready to deal with. The situation with her brother. She grabbed her stomach, wincing a bit. Quilil noticed. You okay, baby? Yeah, I'm fine. She lied. Kiara was three days late and had been throwing up periodically. She didn't say anything to Quilil because she wasn't sure if she was pregnant or not, but the signs were definitely there. She stopped taking her birth control for a little while because the side effects were kicking her ass, so it was very much possible that she was carrying. She planned on taking a test to find out for sure. When they got home, Quilil saw AK parked outside. He got their bags out the car and took them upstairs. He made sure Kiara was good before he left. Whatever you do, please be careful, she told him. Don't worry, I'll be fine. You just relax and get some rest. Call Maxine and tell her to come over so you're not alone. I'll see you later. They kissed, and Quilil left out the door. When he made it outside, he hopped in AK's bins. The fuck happened last night, he asked. AK knew he wasn't going to be in the best of moods. He told him everything. From G's trying to set him up, Red saving his life to the shootout with Mello and his man, to getting hemmed up by the police. Did you tell him about the mountain of cocaine that they found in the office? So Mello's still alive? Yeah, but G's is dead, so he ain't got to connect no more. I want that motherfucker dead, period. Quillil was through playing games. He didn't care to mellow as Kiara's brother. He had to get dealt with. I feel you. What they arrest you for? Illegal gun possession and some other shit. What happened after they arrested you? Nothing. They booked me and tried to question me about the shooting, but I ain't say shit. I probably gonna have to do some time for the gun and dope they found. Dope? I told you about getting high at work, man. Quilil wasn't a fan of AK's drug use, but as long as it didn't interfere with business, he tolerated it. I know, Q. I know. I fucked up on that. Nothing we could do now but move on. If you do have to serve a bid, you'll knock that shit out and come back stronger. Don't even trip, Quilil told him. You right, B, AK replied. In the meantime, I'm going to see if Sanders can help us get the club back open. We still got to pay Bihar, too. I need you to collect everybody bread today, so let them know to have their count right. I don't want no excuses. Take Red with you, too. Red? Yeah, you said he saved your life, right? He's ready for more responsibility. Take him. I guess, AK said, unsure. I, I'm out. I got some business to handle. The pair slapped hands, and Quillo got out of the car. When he was out of sight, AK pulled out his cell. He dialed the number that was on the card. Schaefer, he answered on the first ring. It's Aaron. Aaron, it's good to hear from you. Have you made your decision? I want full immunity. Full immunity? I didn't stutter. I have to discuss that with the DA. Then do that and get back to me. I'm putting my life on the line with this shit, and I ain't saying shit until I'm guaranteed full immunity. I'll call you right back, Schaefer said. Yeah, do that. AK hung up. Five minutes later, Schaefer called him back. Yeah, AK answered. It's a deal. You got full immunity. Now what do you got for me? Full immunity, right? Yes. Quilil's meeting with his connect soon. Good. Where? Staten Island, at this restaurant called Deborah's. Deborah's? The Albanian restaurant owned by Bihar? Yeah. 
The Fed's been trying to nail him for years. This is big. Schaefer was ecstatic. This is going to be the biggest bust of his career. You got a mole in your department you need to deal with first. Mole? Who? Your partner. Sanders? No way. The fuck you talking about no way? He's been in Quillil's pocket for years. Son of a bitch. Okay, thanks for telling me. You know you could have made a great cop, but you chose that street nigger shit instead. Fuck you, AK spat and hung up. I can't believe I'm doing this shit, but if I don't, I'm going away for a long time. AK tried to justify being a rat, but deep down he knew he was dead wrong. When the pressure got thick, he folded, but it was too late to turn back now. He was in too deep like Jay Reed. He needed a quick escape. He reached in his glove compartment and got out a small baggie of coke. He poured some on his hand rest and snorted it. His nose and throat instantly became numb. A sense of euphoria came over him as the effects of the drugs put him on cloud nine. I'd be mad if I didn't call that shit. I'd be mad if I didn't call everything that happened in this book. Actually, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, y'all are all in the dope game. That's how this shit work. You either die by gunfire, go to jail for selling drugs, snitch, or you're just not good enough at it for niggas that actually want to kill you and you get out the game. Or you're Jay-Z, and I'm still iffy on that nigga. Kiara sat on the bathroom toilet as she waited for the results. After Quillil left, she made a quick run to the store to get a home pregnancy test. She was nervous like it was the first day of school. After a few minutes of anticipation, two lines appeared on the white stick, indicating she was in fact pregnant. Oh my god. She was happy, but this pregnancy made her think about Pierre and the abortion she had had almost two years ago. I have to tell Pierre the truth about what I did. No, you don't. I owe him that much. Do you really? It wasn't easy, but Kiara got some paper and wrote him a letter. It, getting paper wasn't easy? What wasn't easy? Writing the letter? It wasn't easy to write the letter, but Kiara did it anyway. But it wasn't easy, but Kiara got some paper. It sounds like it wasn't easy for her to find some paper. Which, you know, in this electronic age, I guess, but whatever. Dear Pierre, it's Kiara. I'm sure Akeem told you he saw me the other day. I really don't know where to start. We haven't spoken in almost two years, and that's because of me. I messed up, and I'll you an explanation. The last time I went to visit you in prison, I was standing behind this pretty girl and her baby. We started talking, and I saw she had your name tatted on her wrist. I looked at the baby, and she resembled you. When I asked the girl about her tattoo, she said she loved you, and that she was always going to be there for you. I thought you were cheating on me and had a baby behind my back with this female. I was beyond hurt. I thought you betrayed me. I feel so stupid because I just found out that girl I saw with the baby at prison that day is actually your sister, Jasmine. Which, again, could have all been dead if you had just introduced your sister to your girlfriend. But, you know. I'm so sorry, Pierre. I had no idea. I should have given you a chance to explain, but I was so mad. I ended up just leaving the prison. At the time, I made the irrational decision to move on from you. Truth be told, I came to visit you that day to tell you I was five weeks pregnant. I wanted to see your reaction. I know you always talked about wanting a son, but I was scared. I mean, you were locked up and I'll be raising a child on my own with no money. After I left that prison, I didn't want anything to do with you. I ended up getting an abortion. I regret what I did. I really do. I wish I could take it back, but I can't. I'm telling you this because you deserve to know the truth. You are my first love and I'll always care about you. I'm sorry for what I did. It was never my intent to hurt you. I'll always remember the good times we shared. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me one day. Love, Kiara. <clears throat> Kiara lay with the letter. She went outside and dropped it in the mailbox. When Kiara got back upstairs, she put her hands on her belly and said a quick prayer. God, please let my baby be healthy and strong. Amen. She felt like God was giving her a second chance in motherhood. She wasn't going to screw it up this time. She picked up her phone and called Quillil to tell him the big news, but she got his voicemail. She figured he was handling business, so she didn't trip. I'll just tell him later. She would usually share something this big with Mello, but they were currently at odds over her dating Quillil. Kiara loved her brother, but he was going to have to accept the fact that Quillil was her man and the father of her unborn child. Kiara knew the one person that would be happy for her. She grabbed her keys and drove to Maxine's place. She couldn't wait to tell her she was going to be an auntie. When she got there, she walked upstairs to her apartment. Kiara noticed Maxine's door was slightly ajar. Maxine, she called out, pushing the door open. 
There was no response, only silence. As soon as Kiara stepped inside, the smell overtook her. The hell is that smell? She covered her nose as she called out her name again. Maxine! She still got a response. She walked back to her room and couldn't believe what she saw. Maxine, oh my gosh, Kiara said, running toward her friend. She was unconscious in her bed, lying in her own blood and feces. Kiara felt her pulse. She still had one. She immediately called 911. 911, can I help you please? The female dispatcher said. Yes, I just found my friend unconscious in her home with no clothes on. I think she's been raped. Please help me, please, Kiara said emotionally. Okay, ma'am, calm down. What's your name? Kiara. What's your friend's name? Maxine. Is she still alive, ma'am? Yes. Okay, what's the address you're calling from? Kiara gave the woman the information she needed. I'm sending a unit over there right now. They should be there any minute. Thank you, Kiara said, hanging up. Help is on the way, Maxine. Just stay with me, please, Kiara pleaded, tears filling her eyes. She hoped Maxine could hear her. She covered up her naked body and held her as she waited for the ambulance to arrive. Quillil looked at the clothes until future notice sign on the door of his nightclub. He shook his head. This is some bullshit. He had been on the phone, trying to get in touch with city officials about getting his club reopened, but was unsuccessful. He opened the door and walked inside. The club was a disaster. There were bottles and broken glass all over the floor, food, and some of the couches were horribly ripped. He went upstairs to his office, and it looked like a tornado hit it. Papers were everywhere. Chairs were turned upside down. Quillil was pissed beyond belief. Everything he worked for was now in jeopardy. Wait, the shooting was outside, right? Like out back? Niggas were wild like that inside trying to get out? Like, come on now. Who the hell, in the midst of all this, who decided to go Rick James on this nigga's couch? Like, okay. The club was his most profitable business. He ran most of his drug money through there. All this shit is Mello's fault. I should have killed his ass eight years ago when I had the chance. What happened in here? Quillil turned around and he saw Sander standing in the doorway. You tell me, Quillil asked him suspiciously. I had nothing to do with this. You sure about that? Sanders didn't appreciate where Quillil was going with the conversation. I've done nothing but look out for you and everyone around you, so show me some respect, Sanders stated firmly. After a few seconds of silence, Quillil nodded his head in agreement. You're right, man. I'm just a little on edge right now. My bad. I see that. I'm sure you heard about what happened here last night. I did. I wasn't called to the scene, though. I heard about it on the news, Sanders said. Yeah, AK got arrested on a gun and drug charge last night, too. He out on bond, but he probably gonna have to do some time. Damn, that's messed up. Yeah, and they shut down my shit. I'm sorry to hear that. I saw the sign outside, and it opened up his eyes. Is there any way you can help get it back open? I'm afraid not. i just been informed by my captain I'm being investigated. He didn't tell me for what, but I'm on paid administrative leave until the investigation is over. Fuck, Quillil said in a defeated tone. If Sanders' department find any dirt on him that could lead back to me? Do you know what this investigation is about, Quillil asked him. No, it could be anything, really. You think it's about what we got going on? I don't know, but I don't see how they would even know about our dealings with each other. I've been extremely careful. There's no paper trail. Somebody would have had to tell my department something for them to know anything about us. What about your partner, Schaefer? What about him? You think he may be behind this? I doubt it. He don't know shit, but for right now, we really can't be in contact with each other. I need to lay low for a minute until this shit blow over. I'm confident they're not going to find anything, but we still going to play it safe. I feel you. I'll holler at you later. Appreciate you giving me the heads up. Sanders exited out the back way to avoid being seen. Quillil was in a tough position. He was in danger of losing his nightclub, and for the moment, he didn't have law enforcement on his side. He knew Sanders was thorough, but he wasn't sure if he would go to bat for him if shit really got thick, and that left Quillil in an uneasy position. He pulled out his phone and saw he had two missed calls from Kiara. He called her back. Hello? She answered sadly. What's wrong? You sound like you've been crying. I went over to Maxine's house and found her unconscious in her room, naked. She was beaten and raped, Kiara told him, sniffling. What hospital are you at? NYC Health? I'm on my way. Quillil rushed to his car and headed to the hospital to be there for his woman. Chapter 21 
After Kiara hung up with Quillil, she went back inside Maxine's room at the hospital. She was conscious now. She had a black eye from Mello punching her in it and severe hemorrhaging in her rectum that required stitches, and her insides were ripped. She could barely walk, but the doctors gave her the meds to quell the pain. Kiara wanted to know the sick motherfucker who did this to her best friend. She vowed to personally kill the motherfucker herself, but Maxine wouldn't tell her. She couldn't bring herself to tell Kiara it was Mello, so she lied and said she didn't remember any of it, and that she blacked out in the middle of it. So you don't remember the man's face? What he had on? Anything? Kiara asked her. No, Key, I don't. I'm so sorry. Maxine told the same story to the police. You have nothing to be sorry about. We're going to get through this. I promise, Kiara said, holding her hand. Thanks for being here, Key. I love you so much. I love you, too. You're my best friend. Of course I'm going to be here for you. Kiara hugged Maxine. Both of them tried to hold back tears, but failed to do so. Kiara's phone rang, breaking up their embrace. She looked at the screen and saw it was mellow. She had been ignoring his call for days. I'll be back, Maxine, she told her. Kiara stepped out the room to take Mello's call. What do you want? She answered, annoyed. I've been calling you the past few days. Where the fuck you been? Busy. Better not be busy with that nigga Quillil. And if I am, what? I can date who I want, Mello. You ain't my damn daddy. Kiara tried to keep her voice down, but Mello was pissing her off. I told you that motherfucker's the reason I went to prison, and you still laying up with this nigga? You choosing him over me? Your own flesh and blood? The fuck is wrong with you? Kiara wasn't about to go back and forth with him. I don't got time for this today. Where you at? We need to talk. No, we don't. And I'm at NYC Health. Maxine was right, she told him. She thought Mello would be concerned, but he was the exact opposite. Fuck that bitch, he yelled through the phone. You're such a fucking asshole. Goodbye, Kiara said, hanging up. When she turned around, Quillil was standing right there. Who are you cussing out on the phone? Nobody. Thanks for coming. Quillil wanted to press her more about who she was talking to, but he let it go. She already gone through a lot with her girl being raped. She said it was nobody, so I gotta believe her. Quillil pulled her close to him and held her. Everything gonna be okay. How's Maxine doing? Better, but she doesn't remember anything about the rape. Not what the guy looks like or nothing. Just give her some time. It'll come to her eventually. I hope so. With everything going on, Kiara decided to hold off on telling Quillil about the baby. Now wasn't the right time. She wanted the setting to be perfect when she told him. I think we should let Maxine come stay with us for a little while. I don't want her alone at the apartment right now. What if the guy comes back? Kiara suggested. That's fine. Just tell me when you want to go get her stuff and I'll take you over there. I don't want you going over there by yourself. Okay, baby. Well, I need to get back in there. I don't know if they're keeping her here overnight, but I'll call you and let you know once I find out. All right. I love you. I love you too, boo, Kiara said. They hugged and kissed one last time. She was glad he came. I can't wait to have this man baby. They said their goodbyes and Kiara went back to be with Maxine. Okay, I'm just going to put this out there because I don't want to act like I said it at the end and y'all be like, nuh-uh. So I'm going to say it now. If Maxine gets in her house and Mello comes at her house, Maxine's going to be the one to kill Mello. And then she's going to tell Kiara what happened. Mello was parked outside the hospital waiting for Kiara to come out. He didn't care that Maxine was laid up in the hospital because of what he did to her. He just needed to speak to his little sister. Kiara bugging hard. That nigga Quillil probably all in her head, feeding her lies and shit. I did eight years behind, son. I gotta make him feel me. While Mello was waiting for Kiara, his phone went off. It was Kim. When he picked up, he could hear her crying on the other end. Yo, what's the matter? He asked her. It's busy. He's dead, Kim said sadly. Damn, ma, what happened? The cops found his body in East River. Somebody shot him in the head and dumped his body, Kim cried hysterically. Her little brother was gone. Do the cops have any suspects? Mello asked. No, not yet. I just can't believe he's gone. I just saw him. Do you know anybody who wanted to hurt him? Nah, it could have been anybody, though. You know how it is in the streets. I guess you're right. It's going to be all right, Ma. I got some shit to do, though. I'll see you later when I come through there. Bye. Mello hung up, not feeling an ounce of sympathy for Kim or regret for killing Busy. He got what he deserved. He would have put a bullet in his head again if he could. Busy didn't stand a chance when Mello pulled into an alley and stopped the car. What are we doing in the alley, man? The hospital backed the other way, Busy said painfully. His shoulder was bleeding nonstop from getting shot in it. I'm just paying you back for your disloyalty. 
Mello pulled the trigger without a second thought. Blood splattered on the window. Bidzy was left slumped over in the seat. Mello drove to East River and dumped his body in the water like it was garbage. Mello lit up a spliff and took a few puffs. This shit is gas. He continued smoking until he saw Quilil walk out the hospital. So, okay, this is a question I had before. When Quilil killed uh, Rayno and Slim, and now with Mello killing uh, Busy in their cars. Who the fuck's cleaning y'all's cars? Like, I would think that you shoot somebody close range in a, in a vehicle... Blood's going to get everywhere. And they just said blood was all over the window. So how? And also, when uh, Quilil killed Reyna and chopped his head off and put it into a duffel bag and put the duffel bag in the back seat, ain't the blood going to soak through the duffel bag? Them shits ain't waterproof. So why didn't that get all over the seat? Why wasn't there blood all over the seat? Why wasn't there anything like that? Then it sat with me. He didn't see anybody with Quilil. He all by himself. This is my chance to finally dead this motherfucker. He put the blunt down and watched Quilil closely. He must have came here to see my sister. Mello waited for Quilil to get into his panorama. He pulled out his blammer and followed him out the parking lot. He stayed a few cars behind so he wouldn't draw attention to himself. Mello saw Quilil pull into a shell gas station down the street. He did the same. Quilil parked by a pump, hopped out and paid for gas. He saw a black Tahoe pull in, but didn't pay it any mind. He didn't know Mello was the one driving it. Mello drove to the pump opposite the one Quilil was at. He rolled his window down, getting a clear view of the man he dreamed about killing for the last five years. When Quilil turned around, him and Mello's eyes met. They hadn't seen each other in five years. The hatred they had towards one another was evident. I thought he went to jail for eight years. Didn't he? First chapter, right after the prologue, right after they say seconds later Mello was brought out in handcuffs facing double murder charges, eight years later, 2019. So how the fuck we get five years? They ain't seen each other for five years. Like, they ain't seen each other in eight years, nigga. Like, come on, man. The hatred they had towards one another was evident. There was a point in time where Quilil looked up to Mello. Mello was the one that put him in the game and taught him how to hustle, but the kid outgrew the master. Things were different now. Mello smirked at him before raising his pistol and letting off a series of shots in his direction. Quilil tried to reach for his shit, but it was too late. He had to be on defense. Mello lit his ride up. Boom, 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 boom. He did his best to dodge the barrage of bullets, but was hitting his hip. He dug behind his car, trying to shield himself from the rest of the shots. Mello didn't let up. He kept shooting, hoping to send Quilil to his creator. Boom, boom, boom. Glass covered the ground from Mello shattering Quilil's windows. After emptying his magazine, Mello burned rubber out the gas station before the police showed up. Chapter 22. Oh my God, are you okay, sir? A young white bystander asked Quilil. His shirt was soaked in blood from being shot. He lifted himself up off the ground. I'm good, he struggled to say. You've been shot. We need to get you to a hospital. It's one right down the street, he said. Quilil knew if he went to the hospital, they would notify the police, and he didn't want to deal with that. Nah, it's cool. Quilil reached in his pocket and pulled out a knot of money. He handed it to the guy. Don't tell anybody about this or what you saw. Got it? Quilil was holding his hip, trying to stop the bleeding. The bystander took the money. Okay, bro. I won't. I swear. Quilil opened his driver door. He brushed off all the glass on the front seat before sitting down and driving off. He was in immense pain, but he had to get out of Dodge. He was sure somebody had called the cops by now. His Panamera was damaged from all the shots, but it was still drivable, and that's all that mattered at the moment. His side was stinging like crazy. This was the first time he'd ever been shot, and it was the worst pain he ever felt. He dialed Frank's number, hoping he answered. Hey, Quilil, what's going on? Frank, I just got shot. Can you help me? What? Where are you? I'm driving. Come to my house right now. I know a doctor I can call. Alright, I'm on my way. Frank lived in an extravagant mansion in Bronxville on Durham Road. It didn't take long for Quillel to get there. The bullet was still lodged in his hip. He could barely move. It was a miracle he was able to drive without crashing. This shit hurt like a motherfucker. When Frank saw him pull up, he ran outside with Dr. Smith. The same doctor that worked on Ashley in the hospital. 
Quillil had no idea Frank and the doc knew each other, but he was glad they did. They helped him out of his car and took him inside. AK was on his way back from Jersey with Red. They picked up the last payment for one of the cats they supplied work to, and now the pair was headed back to the city. They were listening to Meek Mill's DC4 mixtape. Hey, turn this up. This joint bang, yo. Red told AK. Liddy, featuring Tory Lanez, was playing on the radio. Red was a big fan of Meek Mill and even started writing raps because of him. The grit and passion Meek rap with was something Red appreciated. He didn't want to sell drugs forever. Red may have been young, but he knew the pitfalls of the street. His goal was eventually to make it in the rap game. He had a notebook full of rhymes. All he needed was a studio to record. Red hadn't brought up his passion to be a rapper to Quillil yet, but he planned to soon. Me and Ashley would kill shit. Me rapping, her singing, Big Bro could be our manager too. Red had a raw story to tell the world, but that was for another day. The only thing that mattered at the moment was getting Bahara's money. AK's phone rang. It was Schaefer. Shit, AK thought. He couldn't pick up his call around Red and let it be known he was snitching. AK pushed ignore. Schaefer called him again, but AK ignored his call for a second time. Yo, who was that that keep calling you? Your girl or something? Red asked. Yeah, you know how bitches be jocking, AK said. Schaefer sent him a text. Pick up your fucking phone now. After reading it, AK exited the freeway and stopped at the diner. What you doing? Why you get out the freeway? Red asked him. I gotta take a piss real quick. I'll be back. AK got out the car and walked inside the diner. He went straight to the bathroom and called Schaefer back. Why are you ignoring my call? Schaefer asked when he answered the phone. I was busy. You can't be calling me anytime you feel like it. I just talked to you earlier. AK was irritated. The last thing he needed was for Red to find out he was working with the police. Boy, don't you ever question me. I'll call you whenever I feel like it and you better answer. Got it? Whatever, ma'am. What the fuck you want? Let's get something straight. You work for me now, Aaron. I have your fate in my hands. If you keep fucking with me, I'll take the deal off the table. And your black ass will be in prison eating turf loaf sandwiches. Got it? The fuck is a turf loaf? I don't even want to know. Do I want to Google this? I don't want to Google it. Fuck it. I'm going to just let it sit in y'all's head too. AK would never tolerate someone talking to him crazy like this, but Schaefer had a badge, and that badge gave him power. Yeah, I got it. Good. Now I'm going to need the exact date and time that Mr. Sheldon will be meeting with Bahar. Tomorrow, around noon at Bahar's restaurant. This better not be bullshit, Aaron. It ain't. We always meet there. But once this is over with, we done. I ain't doing shit else for you, Schaefer. Nothing. And that's on my life, AK told him adamantly. Schaefer laughed. <laughs> yeah, sure, he said, hanging up. When AK opened up the stall, Red was right there staring at him. Nigga, you went into a stall where nobody, where you couldn't see who was coming in and going out? Nigga, like, did you not hear the door open? Nigga, what? What? This is just straight foolishness. What's good, AK asked, trying to play it cool. Nothing. I had to take a leak real quick, Red said calmly. For sure. Let's bounce up out of here, though. We're supposed to be meeting up with Quillil. Red nodded his head and followed behind him. He knew something was going on with AK, but he couldn't put his finger on it. Something is up with this nigga. He's been acting real weird this whole trip. And who the hell is Schaefer? They rode in silence the remainder of the ride back to New York. Chapter 23 Quillil was lying on the table when Dr. Smith came back in the room with Frank. How you feeling? The doc asked. Like I've been shot. Thanks for fixing me up, though. Not a problem. I was able to stop the bleeding and get the bullet out. Leave this bandage on for a few days before you change it, Smith told him. The wound still stung, but it didn't hurt as much as before. Alright. But how do you and Frank know each other? We both went to Morehouse, Frank told him. Alpha Phi Alpha's for life, Dr. Smith said proudly. That's right, Frank added. How much do I owe you? I've already been paid, Mr. Sheldon. You have a nice night and take care of yourself. I don't want to have to come back and do something like this again. You're too bright for these kind of things to be happening to you. The doctor hoped Quillil took heed to his words. Thanks again, Doc. I appreciate you, Quillil said. They shook hands. He grabbed his belongings and left. Frank walked Dr. Smith to the door. He came back and handed Quillil a shirt to put on. Good looking out, Frank. I don't know what I would have did without you today. How much do I owe you? Nothing. I'm not just your lawyer. I'm your friend. Quillil nodded. True. Are you going to tell me what happened or what? Quillil slowly put on the white t-shirt Frank gave him. 
Just an old beef that reared its ugly head. I'ma handle it though. Mello was a dead man walking. Halil had a bullet with his name on the back. So, okay. I, I mean, it's only four letters. Yeah, you could fit that on there. Handle it how? By killing the man who shot you? Yeah. That's not fixing anything, Quilil. That's only making it worse, he told him. Well, what do you want me to do, Frank? This dude ain't gonna stop until I'm dead. I gotta kill him before he kills me. That type of mentality is gonna get you killed or thrown in jail. You need to think about your future. So, we were citing lines from Boys in the Hood now, Quilil joked. They laughed. I'm being serious, though, Quilil. I think it's time for you to get out of the game. Leave all this bullshit behind once and for all. You heard what the doc said. You're too bright for this. I hear you, Frank. I just gotta tie some loose ends first. If you're worried about the club shutting down, don't be. I told you I have a really good real estate agent out in Los Angeles. She can help you open a location up out there at a good price. I may need you to set that up. Just tell me when. But in the meantime, try not to get yourself shot again, Frank said. I'll try. I gotta go, though. Thanks for everything. I owe you one, brother. Quillow shook hands with Frank and limped out to his car. When he checked his phone, he saw he had missed calls from Kiara and AK. Quillow was supposed to meet up with AK and Red at the warehouse. He called AK. Q, where you at, fam? We've been waiting on you for hours, he answered. Leaving Frank's crib. Frank's crib? What you over there for? I got shot earlier at the gas station. Frank's doctor had to fix me up. Wait, what? You got shot? By who? I'll tell you all about that later, but right now, all we need to be worried about is paying Bahar tomorrow. Is the count right? Yeah, it's all there, AK said. Alright, I'm about to be on my way over there. Peace. When Quilil got to the spot, he parked and went inside. He closed the gate behind him. Peg and Red were putting money in suitcases. Where AK at? Quilil asked him. He in the bathroom. But what happened at the gas station? AK said you got shot, Red told him. He saw Quilil walking with a limp. Yeah, I got hit in my hip. By who? Mellow. Mellow? The nigga we was shooting it out with at Supreme? Red asked. Yeah. We need to body this motherfucker already, Peg chimed in. Most deaf, but right now all that matters is getting this bread to the connect. AK came out from the bathroom. You good? AK asked, trying to embrace Quilil. He was in pain, but he still embraced his homeboy. Yeah. We making the drop first thing in the morning. Morning? I thought we was doing it at noon, AK asked. Nah, we doing it in the morning. Already talked to Bahar, and he wants us to meet with him at the Fairfield Inn, not his restaurant. Why you changing shit at the last minute, AK asked. Beats me, but it is what it is. Peg, bring one of those suitcases to my car. I can't carry shit right now. I got you, boss. The meet is at 8 a.m., so I'll be at your crib by 7, he told AK. For sure. They did their infamous handshake, and Quilil left. When he got home, Kiara was asleep in bed. He went to their guest bedroom and saw Maxine knocked out as well. Quilil walked back to their bedroom and hopped in the shower. It was a long day. He laid his head on the shower wall and let the water hit his body. He had a lot on his mind. Quilil wasn't the most religious man, but he felt he needed to speak to God. I know I've done a lot of wrong in my life, Lord, but I want to thank you for sparing my life today. And please forgive me for any lies I may have to take to save my own. Amen. I, I don't think that's how a prayer works. New York wasn't big enough for he and Mello. One had to go, and Quilil was going to make sure it wasn't him. What you mean he changed the time and location, Schaefer asked, frustrated. The meeting is happening at the Fairfield Inn in Staten Island at 8 a.m., AK told him. That's in two hours, Schaefer sighed. And you're sure this is where the meeting is this time? I don't want any fuck-ups. Yeah, I'm sure. Aight, my men will be there. This better be the correct information too, Aaron. It is, AK hung up. He looked over at Alexis. She was laying in bed with him. Are you sure Quilil knows nothing about this? She asked him. Yeah, I'm sure. Good. Once he's put away, he'll be the new king of Harlem and I'll be your queen, Alexis said, rubbing his chest. AK just laid in silence. A part of him felt bad for diming his man out like that, but another part of him felt like he had to sacrifice Quilil to save himself. He was tired of being Quilil's sidekick anyway. I gotta start getting ready. AK got out of bed and got himself together. He went to the kitchen and poured himself a drink. Alexis walked in with some coke in her hand. She sprinkled it on the table, and they took turns snorting it. Alexis then bent down between AK's legs, unzipped his pants, and gave him the blowjob of his life. All he could do was moan and quiver as she showed him what her mouth game was about.
AK's phone rang, interrupting him. It was Quillil. Hello? AK answered. I'm outside. Let's roll. AK looked at his watch. It was 7 o'clock on the dot. He's in his drop top. Here I come. Alexis got up and kissed AK. I'll see you later, she said. Yeah, we most definitely gonna finish this. He grabbed the suitcase full of money and left out the door. Quillil was driving his cocaine white Range Rover. He had on a black hoodie, sweats, and black gloves. AK put the blue suitcase in the back and hopped in the front seat. Quillil reached over and dapped him up. You ready? Let's do this, AK said, looking him in the face. Quillil nodded and sped off. So you still gonna tell Bahar you quitting the game? Yeah, it's time for me to get out. Yesterday was just another wake-up call. I'm done playing with death, Quillil stated. AK's hands were trembling. Quillil noticed. There was heavy traffic on the freeway, so it took Quillil longer than usual to get to Deborah's. When he pulled in the back, AK had a confused look on his face. I thought we weren't meeting Bahar here. He looked at his watch. It was almost eight. Quillil's phone rang. He picked up and listened to what the person on the other end was saying and calmly replied, Okay. He hung up and put his cell back in his pocket. AK tried to text Schaefer to tell him what was going on, but it was too late. Why, Aaron? Quillil asked. AK hadn't heard Quillil call him by his real name since they were kids. Why what? Why would you turn against me? I thought we were family. Shit, he knows. AK tried to deny it. What you talking about? I haven't turned... Quillil interrupted him. I'm not even going to give you the chance to lie to me. I know you've been working with that cop, Schaefer. That whole change of meeting place was a test, and you failed. Red told me you were acting strange the other day, and he caught you in the bathroom talking on the phone to a dude named Schaefer. He didn't know who Schaefer was, but I did. Q, let me explain. It's not what you think, man. Then, I spoke to Sanders, and he informed me that Schaefer had a snitch in my circle, but he didn't know who. That was Sanders on the phone just now. He's camped out at the Fairfield Inn and told me the police just swarmed the place, and you're the only one who knew the meeting spot outside of Red and Peg, and I know they didn't say anything to the Jakes. There was nothing AK could say. I loved you like a brother, man. My moms love you like a son. We came up together. I would have taken a bullet for you, and you gonna do some snake shit like this to me? Quillette was genuinely hurt. AK was his best friend. They went back like CL Smooth and Pete Rock. Never in a million years did he think their friendship would end like this. I know, Q. I, I fucked up, y'all. I mean, I got caught with my dick in my hand. I was facing football numbers and thought this was my only way out. You thought snitching on your partner was your only way out? You could have came to me. Quillil wanted answers. He needed answers. He would have given AK the shirt off his back if he needed it. I messed up, dog. Forgive me. Let's move past this. We got too much history, AK said, trying to plead with his friend of over 20 years. A tear formed in Quillil's eye. Yeah, that's all we got now. History. He pulled out his P-89 and shot AK in the chest. That's all it took. His body flew back against the seat. Blood poured out of his mouth. Quillil just watched as AK struggled to breathe. He didn't bat an eye. He watched as AK took his last breath. Bahar's bodyguards came out the restaurant and got AK's body out the truck. They were going to make sure no one ever found his remains. Quillil got both suitcases out of the back seat. He walked inside and went downstairs to the basement. Bahar was sitting in his chair, smoking a cigar as always. He got up and greeted Quillil when he saw him. I'm sorry you had to do that to your friend, Bahar said. Me too. I had to do something similar once before. Only it was my brother I had to kill. It was the toughest thing Bahar ever had to do, but he did it. People say I'm ruthless, but I'm really not. It's business. And in this business, sometimes your family and friends become your worst enemy, Bahar told him. I agree. People like you and me are targets. Jealousy is a real thing in this life we live. I know you and Aaron were close, but he betrayed you. And betrayal warrants death. It's business. With all due respect, Bahar, I came to tell you that I'm through with this business. My drug dealing days are over. There's a little extra in there for any inconvenience my decision may cause you, but I'm out of the game for good. Bahar sat back down. He puffed on his cahiba some more. Quillil, you have made me a lot of money. You're a man of integrity and principles, and I respect that, he said. I gave you more product to move, and you moved it without problem. You're a man of your word, and that's all a man really has at the end of the day, is his word. No question, Quillil nodded in agreement. I respect your decision, but if you ever change your mind, you know where to find me. Bahar extended his hand to Quillil. 
He was glad Bahar didn't put up more of a fuss, or worse, try and kill him for quitting the streets. He exited out the back of the restaurant. He almost felt like a new man. There was just one last thing he had to do. In case y'all are curious, yes, there's a lot of errors, like grammatical errors and punctuation errors in this. But I'm just, it is what it is at this juncture, you know? But they're bad. Chapter 24. Kiara walked in the room and saw Maxine sitting on the bed watching TV. Hey, how you feeling? She asked her. I'm fine. Kiara vowed to do her best to help Maxine get through this tragic event. Kiara cut off the television and grabbed Maxine's hand. I know you said you couldn't remember the guy's face that did this to you, but I need you to think real hard for me. Any details about him will help. Anything. Maxine pulled the sheets off of her. She knew Kiara wasn't going to let up until she found out who raped her. I lied, Key. Lied? About what? Being raped? No, about not knowing who raped me. I, I know who did it. I know who he is. I, I just didn't want to tell you. Kiara was confused. Why wouldn't you want to tell me, Max? I'm your best friend. Because it's your brother. Mello did this to me, Maxine revealed. What? Kiara asked, flabbergasted. Mello raped you? Yes, she said, holding back tears until she couldn't hold them anymore. Kiara didn't know what to say. She got up and walked around the room trying to process what Maxine had just told her. What? I mean, who? How did this happen? Mello and I have been messing around since he came home, but I didn't tell you because I didn't know how you would react. Okay, go on. I found out he was fooling around with another girl, so I started talking to another guy. Mello found out and he started tripping. So Mello broke into your house and raped you? No, nah, it wasn't like that. He started all consensual, but then he got on some other shit. He got real rough and started calling me out my name, and when I tried to turn around, he punched me in my face and started doing me anal, which I didn't want or ask for. He was hurting me bad. I begged him to stop, but he didn't. It was like the more blood that dripped down my legs, the rougher he got. He kept saying this was revenge for fucking another guy behind his back. I felt so helpless. I'm sorry. Maxine started crying. Kiara consoled her. You have nothing to be sorry about, Max. Mello's bitch ass the one that needs to be sorry. I can't believe he will do some sick shit like this. I could kill him right now. Kiara was pissed. How could he do some fuck shit like this to my best friend? She got up a little too quick and grabbed her belly in pain. She almost forgot she was pregnant. Are you supposed to be in pain when you, like, like, she been in pain this whole time. Like, from Jump Street, is this supposed to be like, I didn't think it was supposed to be like that. My wife wasn't in pain. With none of them. But, I mean, I'm asking, honestly. I guess I could Google it and not have to ask y'all. Survey says, hell no. Those are warning signs, fam. You need to get to the hospital like toot sweet. You okay, Key? Yeah, I'm good. I'm about to call Mello's trifling ass. Maxine took Kiara's phone away from her. Nah, just forget it. It's done and over with. I just want to move on, Key, please. Okay, if that's what you want. Kiara stayed in the room with Maxine until she finally dozed off. Once she was asleep, Kiara called Mello. What's up? He answered. We need to talk. Where are you? Kiara wanted to cuss him out so bad, but she kept her cool. Yeah, we definitely need to, Mello said. Where are you? Meet me at the crib. I don't know where you stay, Mello. River Houses, apartment 3B. I'm on my way. Kiara hung up the phone. She went and got Quilil's Chrome 45 out of his safe. She didn't know what to expect from her brother. She no longer knew who he was. She grabbed her keys and left. You sure this where you stay? Quilil asked Peg. Peg had gotten the drop on Mello and knew where he laid his head. Absolutely. My little cousin messed with a bitch and lived right next to him. He right in the river houses in an apartment 3B. You sure you don't want us to roll what you read, asked him. Nah, I'm good. I still can't believe AK was snitching, man. That shit really fucked me up, Peg said. Quillil shrugged his shoulders. It is what it is, fam. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm about to get out of here, though. I'm going to get with y'all later. Quillil dapped him up, got in his car, and headed to Mello's place. When Kiara pulled up the address, she hopped out and went directly upstairs to Mello's apartment. The door was unlocked. Mello was sitting down in the living room when she came in. Well, look who it is, he said, getting up awkwardly. As he got closer to her, Kiara could smell the alcohol on his breath. How could you, she asked. How could I what, he asked, reeking of vodka. 
Rape my best friend. Maxine told me what your ass did to her, Mella. What the fuck is wrong with you? He laughed. Maxine? Man, fuck her. I gave that bitch what she deserved for fucking my boy behind my back. Kiara shook her head in disgust. Something is really wrong with you. I used to love and look up to you. Now I don't even know who you are anymore. Are you still dating that nigga Quilil? Yeah, I am. And I'm going to keep dating him. I just came here to tell you I'm done with you. Done being your sister. Just done. You're dead to me. And when I have this baby, you'll never get to be an uncle to it. Kiara told him vehemently. Telling Mello that she was pregnant by Quilil caused him to lose his mind. He wrapped his hands around Kiara's neck and started choking her. Bitch, you got pregnant by this nigga? You stupid bitch. You ain't no sister of mine. Kiara couldn't breathe. His hands were gripped tight around her neck, damn near cutting off her circulation. Mello was enraged and too strong for Kiara to put up any real fight. Her feet lifted off the ground as Mello continued choking the life out of her. She finally mustered up enough strength to bite down his hand, causing him to yell and drop her. Kiara fell to the floor and started coughing. She reached for her gun, but Mello punched her in the jaw before she could get a shot off. She dropped it, and he picked it up. You was going to kill me, huh? Your own brother? I got to teach you a lesson now, Mello said, raising the pistol at her. As soon as Quilil got to the river houses, he noticed something. The hell Kiara doing here? He saw her whip parked out front. He quickly parked and ran inside. Boom! As soon as Quilil made it inside the building, he heard a loud thump from upstairs. He pulled out his gun and ran up the steps. He busted in Mello's apartment. His heart dropped when he saw Kiara lying on the floor. No, no, no! He knew she'd been shot. Quilil immediately started firing at Mello, connecting on every shot. The bullets knocked him down, but he was still breathing. He tried crawling to his room, but Quilil walked up behind him and kicked him in his ass. I should have done this shit eight years ago, he stated, before shooting Mello in the back of his head, execution style. He hurried over to Kiara. Baby, I need you to stay with me, please, Quilil begged, holding her in his arms. I'm pregnant, Kiara managed to say. What? Pregnant? You having my baby? She nodded. A million thoughts went through his head. He couldn't let his woman and unborn child die. He would never forgive himself. You can't die on me, Key. Please fight, baby. I need you to fight. Our baby growing inside you needs you to fight, please. Kiara nodded. She was fighting, but didn't know she was going to survive this. She tried to talk, but couldn't. Quilil took his shirt off and pressed it against her chest to try and contain the bleeding. Kiara was trying her best to breathe, but the shots to her chest damaged her lungs. Keep fighting, baby. Just stay with me, please. Quilil called 911. 911, how can I help you? Please, my wife's been shot and she's pregnant. I need an ambulance now. Please, I'm at the river house. Department 3B. Hurry. Quilil hung up before the dispatcher could ask him any questions. God, please let Kiara and our baby survive. I can't lose them, God. I can't. I need a miracle, he prayed. Right when Key opened his eyes, Kiara's closed and she stopped breathing. Key! Key! Quilil screamed to the top of his lungs. That's fucking it? Nigga, that's literally how you're going to end this book. That's it. Okay. So, one thing I hate is when a book doesn't have a solid resolution. And I really dislike the fact that Kiara died for his sins. I do. I, I don't like that at all. Like I said, I hate when the women are used as pawns in the larger story between two men. Um... But I also hate the fact that you didn't wrap up a whole lot of stuff. Like, she sent that letter to Pierre. Pierre's getting out soon, right? Like, what was supposed to happen with that? Like, nothing? No further word? Like, what happened with Sanders? Nothing? No further word? What happened with Red and, and, and Ashley? Like, I feel like you obviously didn't have a publisher, so you weren't running low on time. So... You could have done one more chapter. You could have done an epilogue. You could have done something. This is just sloppy. This is bad. Like, seriously. All the good stuff you did during this book, and I mean, that's looking past the punctuation and the grammar and all the other stuff that the spelling, because staring is not S-T-A-R-R-I-N-G. That's not how you spell staring. Blammer is not spelled blamer. It's not B-L-A-M-E-R. It's B-L-A-M-M-E-R. Blammer. 
Got my speakers going. Hammer, blammer, blammer, blammer. Um, this is just poor. Like, seriously. I'm honestly, honestly urging you to get an editor, let them fix the book, and then finish the damn book. I feel like an English teacher who just read an essay and there's no final paragraph. Now I see why niggas get F's when they write A papers. Because you don't finish the fucking thought. You don't finish the paragraph. You could have gone further with this. I think that's what I mean. You rushed these last four chapters. Seriously. Like you sped through them like it's a key of life. Like, I don't know. This would just... Yeah, I'm not pleased. 916-633-1537 Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com Ratchet Book Club on Twitter Ratchet Book Club on Facebook Leave a review on Spotify uh, You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts On um, Podchaser And on the Good Pods app uh, You can also check us out on Apple Music And leave a review there as well uh, You can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash Single Simulcast or on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thanks so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sorry there was no ending. I really am. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this feat. This is Single Simulcast.